0: Hello, my name is Travis Snyder, I'm the Director of Middle School Education here at the Montessori School of Denver. Welcome to the second installment of our middle school podcast series. During the next few moments, I'm going to walk you through a brief overview of the Montessori Plains of Development, and we'll conclude with some tips and suggestions for how to navigate the adolescent years. This information will help you understand the framework of Montessori's philosophy as it pertains to her approach to education. Specifically, educating the whole child. It will also give you some context for why children's behavior and focus shift so significantly during the middle school years. You will find a Plains of Development chart on the podcast page. I recommend that you look at this while listening to this recording, as I will reference it throughout. One of the major differences between Montessori's approach to that of the traditional education system is that she understood that children have unique social and emotional needs at different stages of development, and that these needs exist regardless of academic expectations. Whereas the traditional educational approach tends to look at academics as a linear progression that is divorced from the developmental needs of a particular age, Montessori understood that the only way to truly guide a child toward becoming a confident, competent, empathetic, resourceful, and effective citizen was to view the educational process through a holistic lens. In short, we as parents and educators must be aware of the particular needs of a child at each stage of development in order to guide them in the most effective way possible. Montessori identified four unique developmental stages, which she coined planes. The first plane, infancy or early childhood, runs from birth to six years of age. The second plane, childhood, from six to 12 years of age, the third, adolescence, from 12 to 18 years of age, and the fourth, adulthood, from 18 to 24 years of age. For some reason, she ended the final plane of development at 24, even though most of us can probably agree that very few 24 year olds would be considered adults in our current time. Let's take a look at the planes of development chart for a moment so that I can explain the basic structure. In the diagram, you will notice a horizontal line running from 0 to 24. This is the timeline of life. It is, just as it sounds, a timeline that continues from birth onward. Below this line you will see four inverted triangles. Each of these triangles represents a plane of development. Maria Montessori identified two distinct phases within each plane of development. The first half of each plane is marked by increased developmental activity which peaks midway through the plane. This is called the progression stage. Once the child hits the halfway point, she will begin the retrogression stage, which is marked by a slowing down or tapering of activity. This isn't to say the child isn't still developing, she is. However, this period will seem calmer and perhaps more purposeful than the activity witnessed in the previous three years. At the end of each plane, the child reaches a point of equilibrium Before beginning the next plane of development. Let's look at the first plane of development for illustration purposes. From zero to three years of age, a child undergoes significant changes. On the chart, this is represented by the first leg of the triangle, leaving the timeline of life and headed toward the midway point. During these three short years, a child goes from birth to being able to walk, talk, feed herself, and most can use the bathroom on their own. From 3 to 6 years of age, the child is still learning and absorbing new information, but activity is tapering off. When a child reaches 6 years of age, she is at a point of equilibrium and prepared to move into the second plane of development. It is important to note that each plane is marked by different levels of activity. For example, because of the significant physical changes that occur in the first plane of development, the period from birth to 6 years of age is a flurry of activity. In contrast, the second plane of development is relatively calm. I encourage you to spend a few minutes observing a toddler or primary classroom, and then contrast that with an observation of upper elementary students. You'll see what I mean. I point this distinction out because it addresses one of the reasons why the onset of adolescence is so difficult for parents to process. You see, adolescence begins just at the end of a relatively calm six years of your child's life. In fact, that period from 6 to 12 years old can be so predictable and peaceful that we parents are lulled into thinking that we have things pretty much figured out. Then adolescence hits and we are sent reeling. The third plane of development, adolescence, parallels that of the first plane. You will notice that both of these planes are shaded on the chart. Like the early toddler years, adolescents go through tremendous changes between 12 and 15 years of age. I often joke with parents that middle school age students are really just big toddlers. Now this comment might seem insensitive to some of you. It is certainly done tongue-in-cheek. However, it does help to contextualize the behavior you are seeing at home. Think about it this way. Much like toddlers, teenagers can be egocentric, self-righteous, and oblivious to those around them. They can be judgmental, hypocritical, and act out more frequently Than they did during the previous six years. Hence the often asked question, what happened to my child? So, here's the answer to that question. Adolescence happened to your child. It is that simple. The next few years are going to be difficult, but you and your family will turn the corner. One of the things that helped me process my oldest son's behavior during the middle school years was understanding the subconscious goal of the adolescent in the third plane of development which is the development of social independence. You see, the previous two planes of development, infancy and childhood, had already prepared my son with physical and mental independence. He was able to concretely process information and to do for himself. Now, however, his need was to be able to think for himself outside of the confines of concrete thought. He needed to explore the world through abstraction in order to tease out his own worldview and moral code. He needed to learn to make choices that were meaningful to himself and others. He needed to learn to behave like a sensible adult. Although mostly subconscious, these aims are a lot for a child to take on, especially when faced with the complexities of puberty, a developing brain, and increasing social pressures. No wonder his behavior changed so dramatically. Knowing that my child's behaviors were steeped in wanting to show himself and the world that he was not only capable to do things on his own, but he was also capable of thinking for himself, made all the difference. My oldest son's trip through adolescence taught me to pause more frequently in order to listen to what he had to say. It taught me to read between the lines in order to understand the subtext of his words and behaviors. The truth is, this period of my son's life taught me to be a better adult and a better person. It pushed me to be the person that he always thought I was. When I look back on this time, I realized it was truly a magical time. It was a magically brutal, difficult, frustrating, tear-inspiring time that we went through together. We, myself, my son, my wife, and his brother and sister all went through it. And I can say that we are all better for it. And now the world, in some small way, will benefit from his adult presence. Here are some things to remind yourself over the next few years. In fact, you might want to periodically chant them to yourself. Adolescence is messy. Adolescence is a stage in my child's life that needs my patience and understanding. My struggles as a parent are much easier to navigate than the struggles my child is going through. This is a very sensitive and often insecure time for my child. I need to be sensitive to the needs of my child even when she is being disrespectful. Her behavior is just that, her behavior, and is not indicative of who she is as a person. Firm boundaries with clear expectations and consequences are required. I must treat her as she has more value or potential than her actions suggest. My job is to help my child become a confident, empathetic, and confident adult. It is okay for me to make mistakes because I am human. I must, however, show my child that I am willing to own my outbursts and will seek to behave better moving forward. As a teacher and parent, I believe that the best thing you can do is to prepare yourself with information. Ask a lot of questions. I also encourage you to avoid the draw toward negatively commiserating with friends or family members over the trials and tribulations of this age. Sure, sharing and venting can bring brief comfort, but they can also serve to distract you from the true work ahead. Try to muster a growth mindset when faced with these difficulties. Seek solutions instead of becoming mired down in the frustrations. Remember that these are not alien creatures that have recently taken up residence in your home. These are your children. The next few years will have their difficulties. Remember that you aren't in this alone. We here in the middle school program are focused on ensuring your child's success and are very well practiced in working with the peculiarities that come with this age. We are always here to help, so don't hesitate to reach out. Please tune in to the next installment, where we will discuss the teenage brain. Thank you.